Hey everyone, welcome to episode 79 of Content Neutral. Before we get going here, I just want to give you an update on, uh, it's been a crazy last few weeks. Uh, we took a week off because I was out of town. Then my boy CJ held it down for a week on his own. I tried to hold it down. While I was out of town again. Uh, we are recording this week relatively late because there's just a lot going on. Uh, but I think after this week, we should be back to like a more normal schedule, normal cast type thing going forward. But I just want to apologize for like the lack of updates and just random things happening. But uh, yeah, we're here. So look forward to that. Yeah, we should be fine going forward. I know that we have sort of some pipeline for the le- next few months of what we have going on. But just I don't even call it a stumble. I think it's just our schedules just started conflicting yeah. more often than they usually do. But I mean, we're back for this week and I'm sure that... Uh, going forward for March and April, we'll, we'll be more than ready for everybody. Definitely. So that, let's jump into the episode. Like I said, everyone, this is episode 79 of Content Neutral. I am one of your hosts, John Conti, joined, as always, by... CJ Schumer on the other end. Happy, as always, for the first time in a while, to be here with you, John. Yeah, I feel like it's been uh, too long. Now, surprisingly, the week that I was off, you got, like, all the best news. You got, like, the Nintendo Direct, all those announcements. Well, the best and the worst news, if you really think about it, with Activision. Oh, well, yeah, that was really unfortunate as well. But at least... Something to talk about. Looking at the news this week, there's not a ton. Uh, but I also think it's a good week to talk about games themselves and like releases coming out and whether we've actually played them or not. The general conversation swirling around those games. So with that, let's jump right into the week in review. What have you been playing this week? I have started, played, and beaten Far Cry New Dawn. I have thoughts. I'm not going to sit here and say it's terrible. It's Far Cry. It's more Far Cry, let's put it that way. And I credit Ubisoft for trying to do its best to give New Dawn its own identity, which I think it it, it excels in when you talk about the look of what is I would consider well, what it is a recycled open world in Hope County, the way that they try to implement new systems into the game, like progression systems and light role-playing elements, um, are done well to an extent. The problem is... While those two parts complement each other, when you try and shove it into what is already a known substance of Far Cry, it doesn't work in the sense that we have talked about this. And while, yes, it's cool to see returns on investment and sort of that that recurring sort of acquiring of loot like you would see in other games like Destiny, Anthem, live service games being thrown into a single player experience. The problem is in this type of game, it constricts the idea of an open world. And so what I mean by that is that you can kind of go through and start in the bottom left corner of the map, which is what you do in New Dawn, and you can only really go so far until you start encountering enemies that are just going to kill you in two shots. Mm -hmm. That's not really fun, and that doesn't really work. And the problem with that is it, it, it leans the main story into being not as relevant as it should be. And what I mean by that is you can go through and play, we'll say, four or five main story missions. Get a gist of it, sort of build up the lore and understand what this new iteration of Hope County is. But the problem there is that you'll hit a point where the difficulty is just too high for you. And you have to go through and you have to spend what I consider to be a little too much time kind of grinding, exploring areas, acquiring crafting ability, acquiring new crafting resources, building your gear, building your home base. And 
I feel like it, if I was to take the the full playthrough that I had of Far Cry New Dawn, I would say I would teeter around 30 to 35% of it felt like story. And the rest of it was honestly what I would consider filler content. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I think it should be 95% main story, 5% going around and grinding and doing stuff. Yeah. It's a Ubisoft game. It's never going to do that. But I think this one skews too far. It's it's like the most Ubisoft game it could be. But I think in this scenario, when you take this direct sequel to Far Cry 5, with how great Far Cry 5 was, it, it feels like a letdown. Yeah, so I'm going to let you talk about Far Cry 5 in a second because you are not the only person I know in my life that has dove into Far Cry after I have, you know, praised it for the last year. But so here's where I stand with, with New Dawn. I haven't actually played it yet. And the funny thing is, I like I said, I mentioned I was out of town. And the first thing in my head was like, I walked in the house and just downloaded Far Cry New Dawn. Like I was totally ready to go. I got sidetracked by some things. But based off like what you've been saying and of course some of the reviews, like this game Metacritic wise is not doing as well as Far Cry 5 is. And I think the problem here is that the game that New Dawn is as not a Far Cry game would be a really cool game. The problem is the great part about Far Cry 5 is you have this open map, they drop you in the center of it, and then you can go up, down, left, right, shoot that guy, shoot that guy, blow up that thing. You you pretty much have the whole, the whole world open to you. Uh, traditionally, when Far Cry does these, I guess you could call them spinoff games, similar to Primal and Blood Dragon, they do try something new. I don't think the, the components they put into New Dawn are going to be staples in the future of the Far Cry franchise, but they're there, and it does kind of ruin what is making Far Cry... Because at the end of the day, we've talked about Five. It's still just a shooter, but there's something special about it, and that little specialness is missing from New Dawn. I mean, I guess my theme of... Because I haven't talked about the games I've been playing now in, in two weeks, but my theme of the last two weeks of gaming for me has been disappointment, uh, with the first one being New Dawn. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to dive in eventually. I'm just I'm a little hesitant now. Who knows? I could come back to you and be like, look, I didn't like those mechanics, but goddamn, I love playing Far Cry, so this game's amazing. But doesn't seem like anybody else is getting that vibe. And coming from you, having played Far Cry 5 and seeing what the secret sauce is, I mean, so yeah, you've done that now. I mean, how far are you? What are your initial thoughts on 5? Uh, Far Cry 5, I'm probably... I'm almost done with the first section, so I'm in the... I'm trying to think. If you're looking at the map, I'm in the southwestern area. Yeah. Um, before we touch on that, I just, one last thing I wanted to say about Far Cry New Dawn is that it, I it's it's very much what we've talked about where it's the game plan looks great. I like the idea and I like the, the push that they're trying to make with it. I think the problem is that because this was a budget game for $40 and the fact that it came out 10 months after Far Cry 5, you can see the issues here. And there's there's obvious issues where uh the twin sisters that are the antagonists in this game i kid you not show up maybe five times in the entire story that's why and i i see where ubisoft tried to make up for that where they're constantly in the radio chatter so like if you take out an outpost or if you acquire a new guns for hire they'll make a comment saying like oh like we would have like grabbed this person for our cause but you know the guy beat us to it Mm -hmm. like your character uh, the same thing for outposts. When you take them out, they talk about how like they're losing control of the area, and I guess I mean really just that it it leads to just a lot of pacing issues. Like I said, you get through 
a few missions and then it's like oh hey you gotta grind for t- two hours and it's mm. just it's not fun like the feel is fun because they just pulled everything from far cry 5 yeah um and then that just isn't it and then there's there's obvious points where you see that the game is rushed I'm a guy that when you play cutscenes, I I have subtitles in. I just do it. It's just mm. easier to understand stuff, especially if I want to keep the volume low on my TV. But lots of typos in the subtitles, and not that you should discredit this game because it's a spinoff game at the same spinoff slash sequel. But at the same time, it's we all know what Far Cry should be, and yes, it's crazy, but it's still tight in all areas. Mm. There are little things here and there where I kind of like, you guys needed an extra few weeks to clean this up. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks too because Primal, I remember having issues too. And it's cool that the the, the franchise takes... Well, jo- remember, Primal was all subtitles. Well, that's true. But I'm saying like even that was a similar game, but it is worth noting like this isn't a direct... Like for people out there who maybe this is their first Far Cry, like, if you don't like it or it's not great, like, remember, this is not what you're getting into. It's like, if you like the main Star Wars movies but didn't like Solo, it's like, this is the Solo. How dare you? I know, right? But, uh, yeah, like, you definitely, and like I said, usually they don't tend to keep the mechanics that they put into these spinoffs in the future games. Like, I doubt when you boot up Far Cry 6, you're going to have the map you know, sectioned off by level of gun and enemy. Like, I doubt it's going to be that way. It never traditionally has. So, like, that's it, just why. But I think, like, you know, going in, remembering it is a budget title. It is 10 months later. They did what they could do, and maybe it just didn't hit. But that's not, I think that's not really a blemish on the franchise. It's just a blemish on the spinoff series. Yeah, you know? it's a stumble. Wait, exactly. I mean, sometimes you got to stumble to realize what you got to do. Yeah, but, like, again, 5, that's that's the game right God, 5 is awesome. I'm almost done with that first section, and I just... When you get through the tiers of taking control back of the sections and you get those major story beats with mm. whatever uh, person controlling that area has for you, it's so good. Yeah, and it's really so, it's, it's again, it's the over-the-top Far Cry thing that you expect, but it's so good in 5 that it just makes you want to just take out the next outpost and take out the next silo. It's like... We'll talk about it next week because I know I'll probably beat it by yeah. then, but it's just awesome. Uh, without spoiling, did you get a truck yet? Are you talking about like a semi-truck? Yes. Okay, yes, I did get that. That thing is awesome. It's so good. <laughs> that's exactly what Far Cry is all about. Um, so no, that's awesome. Very Far Cry-centric week for you. Now, I'm going to jump over to what I've been playing. And again, sticking on the theme of disappointment, <laughs> which I really feel bummed out about. I feel like I'm in a really awkward spot of games this month because coming into February, we talked. I was like, oh, like Crackdown 3 and Far Cry New Dawn. And, you know, first Far Cry, again initial disappointment that could change booted up uh crackdown 3 uh never played a crackdown game before it was free for me because i pay for game pass and it's not a good game by like any stretch of the imagination i think for me because it was free i'm like oh yeah this is kind of like fun but god i feel so bad anybody who paid full price for this game because it looks like it's a 360 game with like up res. That's gra- generous. Yeah, like up res graphics. Um, it's clunky. It like at its core is a hectic third person shooter that like if you paid ten dollars for on PSN or the Xbox Store would be a really cool game. Like I said, I got it for free. Uh, but this clearly just looks like I don't know how they spent five years making this. Like what it feels like to me is they spent four years making a game, scrapped it, and put this together in like a year it's not good like 
and it's an open world game. There's a lot of, you know, checkpoints like little, okay, kill this outpost, kill these guys. But like at the same time, there's never like a main story mission really. Like everything just takes place. It's weird though, because as much as I'm saying it's a terrible game, the fact that I got it for free, it's like oh, I'll sit down on the couch and put two hours into it. But I would never in a million years ever like this may be the worst game I've ever enjoyed playing in my entire life, and that's because it was free. Because it was free, right? So yeah, that's that was. I mean, okay. In all fairness, disappointment. Not sure I was expecting it to be good. I think everybody had low expectations for this. But I still didn't even think it was going to be like, you've, you watched me play a little bit. Like, it's bad. Yeah. It does not look good at all. I mean, Terry Crews is the best part of that game. The problem is, it's Terry Crews in a giant open world. Yeah. And that, that open world is the rest of the game. You know, and even if the world itself was ugly, like, you, okay, well, the, the gunplay feels good, or the driving feels good, or the jumping feels like, that's what... Crackdown's all about the chaos, and it just doesn't play like a modern third-person shooter in any sense of the word. So I guess I would consider that a, a disappointment. I mean, I still put like six or seven hours into it. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus, not just with you, but with everybody. I mean, just looking through social media last week, a lot of people were talking about their impressions of, of uh, Crackdown 3. And you saw a lot of people giving impressions because they have Game Pass and they downloaded it because they have the subscription. And I remember it was funny because I joked about something else that I replied to on IGN that just blew up for no reason. But I also replied to uh, another report that came out of GamesIndustry.biz saying that of the full price games that came out on Xbox One, Crackdown 3 far surpassed Far Cry New Dawn and Metro Exodus. And my reply was, well... New Dawn and Metro aren't on Game Pass. Exactly. Who who really paid full price for Crackdown Three? Um, I made that was a terrible mistake because I looked at my phone five minutes later and I had like fifty replies and yeah. I was like, oh my god, I didn't. I stirred up the hornet's nest in the wrong way. But I mean, it's it's a valid point. Everybody was going to play Crackdown Three, especially with the Game Pass news on day one over the opening weekend. I I wouldn't be surprised if going into this weekend really that nobody's talking about it. I mean, that just seems to be the general consensus is that it's dumb fun, but here's the thing. Dumb fun only lasts for so long. The The law of diminishing returns is so quick on that game that you were hearing people by Sunday, or even for you, for example, after a few hours saying like, okay, fine, like this is it. It doesn't get any better, and it's not even that good to start. Yeah, right now it currently sitting on Metacritic has a 60. So that's not good. And that's because there that's are... That's higher than I thought it would be. There's a couple outlets that are, like, one... There's some outlet that gave it a 90, and they said, forget Crackdown 2 ever happened. This is the real sequel. And I'm like, I don't know if your credentials as a gamer, they should probably be stripped. All that being said, I believe... Wow, okay. <laughs> Far Cry New Dawn is sitting around, like, a 75 or 76. I can't that find it. sounds right about right. But it's a little higher than my score of it. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 for my review. Okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. And now that you've gone back and played five, you can see how you know people yeah. rank that. Now, I don't know how many of these reviews, continuing with disappointment, so as of midnight tonight, Anthem will be available to the public to play like for full full game. Like Unless you got the early access version I mean. or that, you're part of EA Origins and you got that early access version that, and you followed that entire flow chart, which is just, I'm sorry, it's... I get what they're trying to do. It's egregious. Well, that's exactly why I said 
at midnight tonight, everybody can play it. Yeah. But there are some reviews up on Metacritic, and it's currently sitting at a 63. So Anthem is not doing well. And what it seems to be is that the game has load issues. We're going to go get into a news story later about a patch for the game that's relatively massive. But I remember playing the beta, and I just felt that something was off about it. And it seems to me that... Bioware and EA somehow fucked this one up too, and Anthem is just not the game that it's we want it to be. I'm saying I'm getting two years out from Andromeda. I'm getting Andromeda vibes, not in the opinions of what you have on that, but in the in the sense that Andromeda had issues in development, but because March is the end of EA's fiscal year, every investor was probably like, "You have to get the game out," mm. and this very much feels the same way with Anthem. And when you change up the 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 approach of it with it being a live service game, almost every live service game we've seen has numerous issues. Mm -hmm. Think of Destiny, think of Destiny 2. Fallout 76 will never be fixed, let's be honest with that. And I mean, even The Division from 2016, I would probably say that's the cleanest start of any live service game I've seen, at least the ones that I've experienced and you know heard opinions on. But even then they had numerous online issues. And that's the thing is that you can build this game all you want, but once it's in the hands of the consumer and it's working with concurrently with millions of people, you're going to find so many issues that QA can't even is is going to spend hundreds of hours trying to look for, and they'll never find they'll never find it. Yeah, see the issue like so the the thing about this game that's frustrating is like the Andromeda thing sucked because they got a lot of hate for something that actually wasn't that big of a deal, and then no one bothered to play the game, right? You're like, talking about the animation, yeah. Right? Like once yeah. you get past the fact that the faces were left up, the rest of the game was like really good, and people learned that once. The, the problem with Anthem is people are saying like, yeah, the gameplay is like kind of fun, but like everything else about it is dull. Like the story isn't great from what they've played. The loading times are horrible. There's a funny thread on Polygon. You can find it on their Twitter, an excerpt from their review that's literally like guy gets gun, load screen, has to go back to hub, load screen, goes to equip gun, load screen, tries, leaves, leaves a home base, load screen, tries the gun, realizes he doesn't want it, repeats the rest of the steps. It's, I, it's, it sucks. No, and, and it's a bummer. I mean, like, again, this is the week in review. I haven't played Anthem, but considering this comes out this week, I was anticipating this game and there really isn't anywhere else to talk about it. This is where I'm just going to say I'm super bummed because, like, goddamn, like, Bioware's losing its reputation, like, game by game with us. Hopefully Dragon Age kind of fixes all that whenever whenever that game comes out. Uh, but, no, I mean, I'm going to keep tabs on it, though, because if it is anything like Andromeda, you can expect that in a year this game will be awesome. <laughs> so that's the hope there. Uh, and the one, I guess, if we get off the disappointment trail for a minute, the one nice thing is... Uh, we are starting to finally get embargo lifting on a bunch of private betas for The Division 2. And everybody coming back from that game is like, if you liked Division 1, this is Division 1 with a ton more content. And they've already talked... That's, that's the one underlying issue with all live service games yeah. is content. And they said that, you know, there's an end game planned. And so Division 2 looks like we're not going to be running into these issues. Ubisoft has been doing a little bit better with their games as of late. So we can expect good things... From the Division 2, I mean, I, like I said, I, I was trying to convince all of my players and friends to join me on my journey of the Division 2 and not play Anthem, and it looks like I'm going to get my way. Yeah, so. I mean, you almost got me. Look, well, something that I've noticed with Ubisoft is that their second game in their respective properties always seems to do a bit better, much better. Yeah. Think, I uh, like, I don't, I personally don't know 
I didn't play Far Cry 1, but I played Far Cry 2, and that was pretty good. Mm. Um, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 2. Look, your boy here is going to tell you right now, Assassin's Creed 1 wasn't even bad. Look at how great 2 was. Yeah. And then just look at, from what you said, with impressions of the, the Division 2. Well, not for me, the king of 1 to 2. Watch Dogs 1 to Watch Dogs 2. Oh my 2. god, how did I forget that one? Yeah, oh, like, it was so good. Yeah, that game is amazing. So, um, continuing the list. So, this is funny. I actually, I put Apex down on here. We talked about it two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Whenever the hell I played Apex for the first, two weeks ago. Uh, so, I played it, I enjoyed it, I kept playing it. And then I sent out a tweet like a few days that was like, Hey, Apex, I appreciate you. This game's real good, but I'm so bad it's not fun. I'm out. But... Similarly to the way Fortnite kind of just hung around so long that we gave it a shot, I can't let go. Like I have a this, this urge to continue to play Apex, even if it's just so that I can stay a part of it as it continues to grow and kind of be part of the zeitgeist, as people say. I hate that word, uh, but no, they're killing it. They really they reached uh, 25 million players, which is freaking awesome. They have all sorts of new content planned. Coming in March now, they're going to have a season battle pass type thing, as well as seasons kind of similarly to Fortnite. Uh, and there's actually interesting, uh, on the last Gamecast episode for Kind of Funny, Fran Mirabella was just talking about how he knows some people um, from respawn and they were kind of giving him some hints under the table saying like hey like the reason why our cosmetics are so expensive is because you know we have we looked at our competitors and he goes so thanks fortnite because all you people who bought twenty dollars skins on fortnite that's why skins are twenty dollars on apex or whatever but i mean man congrats to them on that game like i like i even said i suck at it like i'm terrible like even worse than i was at fortnite but it's it's proven that like this game's gonna be around for a minute, and yeah. I'm pretty stoked. About I mean, that, put it so. this way: for you, long term, the better this game does, the more likely you get Titanfall three. One little bit of news, actually, Titanfall 2's online player base doubled in the week after Apex came out. Yeah. Did you also see a, a side story? There's a there's a VR game on Steve on Steam called Apex Construct. It's a totally different, like totally unrelated to Respawn, unrelated to Apex. And a story came out that because of the similarities in names and just the just the traffic that Apex Legends was getting, yeah, the sales on that game broke like increased by like four thousand percent. Yeah, they were saying that in the last seven days of the time of that article coming out, they had sold more copies of Apex Construct, the VR game, than all of twenty eighteen. Jesus, which is awesome. And like they're expecting like refunds for people thinking they get ripped off, but it's just it's, it's one of those fun stories that you see when you see just the the heat and the popularity yeah. that apex legends got yeah i think we're gonna get a titanfall 3 I, I there's no doubt after for your sake i hope we get a fucking Dude, that game's 3. so good um and then so the last two things i want to bring up here again still week in review this game I actually played so i hate to do this but in my fit of disappointment you have to turn back to what you know has always been there for you it always makes you happy so good old sports game guy he downloaded that nba 2k19 and uh, I'm not going to, like, I mean, that game plays phenomenally every year. Like, you know, you have Madden that year after year releases, and to me always feels like you're getting better, but you're still not there. Whereas 2K constantly just is one of the, next to FIFA for me, is the best playing sports game. The amount of care and detail and love and updates they put. Uh, mainly because 2K only works on basketball games, so they're not splitting all their workload up between, I mean, their sports division, you know. So they can really focus on like upgrading stats and updating rosters like on the money and putting a ton of care into their franchise mode. So and 
while all these games continue to disappoint me, I turn back to my love child. I've been playing that. It's really great. I got it super cheap. And then the last thing I wanted to shout out to anyone who has a Switch, if you have the online service, a game got released called Tetris 99. It's all anybody can talk about. Yeah, it's blowing up. It's basically a Tetris game, and you just and there's 99 other players, and you play Tetris, and I guess the way it works is like if you're doing well, you can like toss lines at other players and you work your way down until one man is standing. Um, it's free with the online for Nintendo. So if you have Nintendo, and which you'd need anyways to play online. So yeah, I mean, that's something worth checking out. I mean, again, my week in review this week is a mix of like what I've heard about games, games I'm planning on playing, whatever. But so that, that's, that's that. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get some more positive news. I'm really pumped on the division. Like I'm so sold. Like I need it at this point. I need some game to come in my life and give me some some hope that games are going to be a little bit better this year. Uh, but for now, I guess NBA 2K19 will be my chosen child. Yeah, and for me, oh, I also forgot. Trials Rising comes out next week. Oh, so hell that, yeah. that'll be my big game for comes out it comes out tuesday so i'll have time to talk about that next week there you go perfect and that's a game that like if anyone should be talking about trials it's it's you. me yeah <laughs> again a ubisoft game <laughs> definitely uh we're gonna move right into the news not a ton of it this week again it's funny like we talked about the schedule being a little messed up but i also think this will be a, a relatively uh short episode as well but biggest news of the week go ahead lead it off what we got so nintendo of america's president Reggie, I always get his last name wrong. Reggie Fizeme? Yeah, I think that's it. Is retiring in April. And this is just crazy just because when you think of Nintendo, I mean, there's certain people, of course. Shigeru Miyamoto, who's created basically every franchise under the sun for that company. Mm. You think of uh, Satoru Iwata, who unfortunately passed away back in 2015. And the, the Reggie, of course. Reggie is just the guy. He's always on stage. He's always presenting. He's always... He's always just that imposing force, mm. and he is stepping down from the company in two months. And I mean, I'm not the biggest Nintendo fanboy, but as somebody who loves just following the news of the industry, it's sad to see because just remembering the beginnings of him being with Nintendo, what, 15, I want to say 15 or 16 years ago, one of the first things he said when he got on stage as the NOA representative, as the president, was that like he's here to kick ass and take names and make games, mm-hmm. and it, the, the fact that he even swore is like that's such a non non Nintendo thing. Yeah, for but sure. the way that it, it's he's promoted everything from even like the Wii, uh, you know, the Wii U wasn't great, but like he still pushed for everything for it. And of course now with the Switch, it's it's weird. It's it's an era. It's an era that's ending in, you know, probably the best way because he's retiring and he's doing you know spending time with his personal life and mm. you know good for him he had an amazing quote that was like you know i'm stepping down from like i'm losing being the president of nintendo but i'm now i get to take on the new role as a nintendo fan and like that's just so that's awesome. cool to like picture him uh, but no like i agree with you in the sense that you know we talk about how even though we've been playing games our whole lives following the way where you're watching all the press conferences and keeping up has more been, I would say, like in the last five, ten years type of thing. And for me, it's like, you know, you think of the way Microsoft has come on so strong lately, you think Phil Spencer on stage giving that E3 press conference, you know? When you think Nintendo, it's just like, oh, that's Reggie. Like, that's the dude. Like, I remember being at E3, sitting in line for, like, Splatoon, and he just walked by, and he was like, oh, hey, everyone. I'm like, holy shit, that was Reggie. That's weird. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, every Nintendo Direct starts out with him. Every, like, just the, the nice little speeches he gives before they kick off E3. Uh, it's, it's, you know, like you said, it's, like, bittersweet because, you know, we're going to get somebody replacing him 
but it just feel, it will feel weird to not have him. Uh, you know, it's kind of similar, like when you know maybe like when Sean Layden's not up there for PlayStation, but even Reggie's just a bigger figure. He's always been super supportive of the Game Awards. He's always showing up there. I'm sure they won't stop that. Um, and I think one of the best things to come out of this whole thing is that the man replacing Reggie, no joke, is named Doug Bowser. There's no better name for anybody who's taking over Reggie's spot. The villain of all of like what Nintendo is built on, Bowser, is now owning the company. Like, I don't know if this man got hired originally because his name, but it wouldn't uh, surprise me. Uh, I'm interested to just see how he is, though. I mean, like, you got to figure anyone who's stepping into this role, especially after Reggie, knows there's got to be a little like more like personal spin put on the role and we'll see how it is i mean eventually in like three years we'll you know we'll get used to this guy and it'll be like nothing but it does kind of like oh man reggie like reggie you know? yeah I, when you think about the history of nintendo it 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 was founded in japan and de- you know dependently a japanese company and the fact that you can get somebody like reggie to just not only represent nintendo of america but also push for that products the products of that company in this region of the world mm-hmm. it's it there's no mistaking, and I think we're almost kind of underestimating because we won't see it until we're in hindsight of it, of how important he really was. I don't know if we said it. I know you said it. It was Nintendo of America president, not like the president of Nintendo. Right. Yeah. So that that is worth noting as well. So shout out to him. Enjoy your retirement, Reggie. Thanks for like all the great press conference memories and, you know, came in with a bang, leaves a little softer. But... Welcome back to the fan club. Yeah, really. Join join us as we play Smash and can't wait for Fire Emblem. Uh, the next big announcement here, well, like, I don't know, like, not even an announcement. It's just like Square Enix said there's a huge game coming this year yeah. by the end of the year. So here's my question for you. Just because I, the reason I brought this up is because the, the back nine of 2019 is something that we really have a lot of question marks for. Yeah. And, I mean, there's going to be a new Call of Duty because let's be honest, that happens every damn year. Um, we know that we are getting respawns uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my question to you is, they say it's a major release. What do you think it could be? My two options here, just because they're the only two games that have been sort of constantly brought up in question in the past few years, are the Avengers project mm-hmm. that Crystal Dynamics is working on, or two, the crazy one, the wild card, even though it's been announced for the longest time, is the first episode of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably not the remake, but I just think that with just the popularity and just the the sheer amount of Marvel movies coming out this year, I wouldn't be surprised if we got something. Yeah, it seems like because we have... Okay, like a game like an Avengers game needs no hype. It literally... You announce it at E3, you tell me it's coming, it's going to sell more copies than we all could ever hope for. It, I mean, that's the only one that really makes sense to me because any other franchise, I feel like, would have been dormant enough where it wouldn't feel right giving it the title of, like, a major announcement, right? You look through, like, it's probably not a Final Fantasy game we wouldn't know about, well, I mean, other than Seven. It's, it, there's, you know... Uh, it's not a Tomb Raider game. That was the other it's one. It's not just Cause. Exactly. And Deus Ex has been put on hiatus intentionally. So I, it's not going to be that one. I know, I'm sitting here scrolling through. Like The only game I can think of that's unannounced is is that Avengers game. And if they're going to pull the Bethesda thing, which that's the only one that you even could do that with. I know we always use the Bethesda as a reference. Like, I wish more companies would do that. Yeah, because we follow games and that'd be cool. 
But most of the time when you're trying to hype a game, you want a year so like everybody can hear about it. Avengers, you don't need that. The only issue is like we only started hearing about that Avengers project not too long ago. Like, is it done? Yeah, just over two years ago. So I don't know. Like it's tough. Like they're in a weird spot. I don't anything to say that a major release is coming and no one have any freaking clue what it is, like no rumors, no hints, is a very strange thing, especially for a company that big. Yeah, my guess is this is probably we've probably already said this already and confirmed it. This is probably why Shadow of the Tomb Raider was being made by Eidos and not Crystal. Because Crystal's meant Crystal's set to develop that game. And yes, it's only been two years, and that's really if you're trying to be that ambitious with that type of game, you probably aren't that close to being done with production and development yet Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess the the way that i looked at it when i i wrote about this last night was think of think of marvel's push for spider-man on playstation 4 look at how great that game was think of the fact that the avengers project is most likely multi-platform and compared to spider-man only being on ps4 Mm -hmm. and i understand there's like an asterisk there because what 95 million consoles sold yeah there's the the potential for sales are there but just knowing those two elements, plus the fact that all anybody ever talks about now when you talk about movies is like the MCU, mm-hmm. it's the perfect time, pun intended, hold with me, it's the perfect time for Crystal to assemble their team and just get and just put their feet down and get to work on that game. No, you know what it's actually going to be? Is it's an expansion for Final Fantasy XV. It better not be, because they already <laughs> confirmed that that game is done. No, I mean, there's also the chance that it's a new IP, which would be super cool. Like That on- would be nice. Honestly, if I could pick any of these, I'd rather just have a new IP. Uh, the Avengers game is going to be fine and cool. Like, I think I'm going to really enjoy it. But, like, I think that, like, the Spider-Man game hit me because there's something special about Spider-Man, like, in terms of the outside of the suit storytelling that the Avengers really doesn't thrill me as much for. Um, I'm, don't get me wrong. That game's going to be amazing. Probably I'm going to love it. But it just doesn't get me as excited as, you know, like that Spider-Man game. I don't know why. Like, it, I guess when the the big announcement part is the thing that's throwing me off because that would be the biggest, right? But then, for like, are they talking to the casual audience or are they talking to the hardcore gamer? Because if they're talking to the more casual audience, that's the game they're referring to. But if they specifically know when they make a comment like this that it's going to be for the hardcore gamer, it can be that still. It could be a new IP that would get people excited, and it could be Final Fantasy. Honestly, I don't think it's Final Fantasy. Kingdom Hearts just came out. I don't think, you know, we're going to probably get a couple years between that, but I don't know, man. Square is weird. You know, like I said, we, we looked through. They had a press conference a few years ago, but nothing really stood out during that that would be considered huge. I guess we'll see. I mean, E3 is going to be where we see it. Yeah, I, I, I say Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know it's not going to be that because that development cycle has just gone through hell. But that's the like, only... there's no way. The only two games that either one of us could think of that would be right. considered huge are that and Avengers. So it's that Avengers are a new IP. Yeah. And they'd be pretty ballsy of them to say, we have a huge game coming later and mean they're talking about a new IP. So exciting if it is one of those games you know if that's what it ends up being hell yeah this is great we'll look back in nine months and be like oh so they were talking about that but um and then honestly the last little bit of news here going back to we i talked about anthem how i was really disappointed uh and one of the big things that was disappointing about it is that the game wasn't being received super well uh because of some some problems so there's a day one patch being released uh is it a day one patch is it a day one-ish patch? A day one-ish? Yeah. Um, Shout out to the Usos. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the game was out for early access. People have been playing it for a couple days now. Yeah, it's been out since the 15th. But this day one patch is set to launch, I believe, 
on the 22nd when the yeah. game launches. So if you were playing the game, you were experiencing all these issues that CJ is about to get <laughs> go over. So you got the patch notes for yeah. us. I'm only going to go over a few. Just I'm going to go over the high-level stuff because that's the, the big things that everybody, reviewers, early access players, have been really complaining about. So the high-level fixes for Anthem are as follows. Uh, improved loading times. Uh, they have fixed many infinite loading screens, which that's just... I feel bad for anybody that's had to deal with that. Um, multiple challenges not tracking properly will be fixed. A number of issues have been fixed that were causing players to disconnect or crash, which I feel like you get that a lot in the beginning. Oh. So that one, that's the one that I kind of expected to happen. Mm -hmm. And then the last one for the high-level fixes is weapons and gear now have numbers present for modifiers. I'm guessing that's probably part of like the big mechanics. I don't know necessarily, mm -hmm. so I can't really talk about that. Now we're done with the high-level stuff. We get to the general fixes and improvements, and I won't even try to go over all of these notes. I mean, we're talking from the general stuff like I just mentioned, issues with the strongholds, which I believe is TARDIS. Is TARDIS the home base? What's the home base? I have no, I have no idea. Okay. Well, the home base, a lot of issues with gears and weapons. Gear and weapons, sorry. I believe the strongholds are like missions you can do. Missions, okay. Like you take down a stronghold. Okay. Lots of issues with the javelins, specific stuff. Stuff with crafting, controls, and the last one is the user interface. I feel like you should get your user interface down. Again, I'm not somebody who does development. I can't tell you how to code for shit. But the user interface, I feel like, shouldn't have issues like this, especially with the amount of notes that I just saw. I mean, I'm sure if you go to IGN or GameSpot, they're going to have the list of everything that's getting fixed on day one. And it, I mean, it just goes to show, like I mentioned during the week in review, is that it feels like this is very much the business side of EA saying, like, you have to get this game out. And the creative and development team saying, okay, well, there's going to be numerous issues that we're going to have to fix. And people are going to be exposed to these issues because of the way that the release schedule has been formatted. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean... I don't know. Like part of this is expected with these games as services. This is just the industry now. Day one patches are everywhere. Uh, the most alarming part is the fact that those fixes are things that, like I like you said, connection issues. I expect balancing issues. Things you know, I expect that. Uh, something as simple as like infinite loading screens on day one. Like the fact that somebody got this game early, like by paying money for it and was getting stuck on infinite loading screens as a regular occurrence is a problem. I mean, it just, like it sucks because Anthem was one of those games that had the potential to be like the coolest thing ever, and now I feel like even if it is good, it's just got such a bad taste in everybody's mouth that maybe you'll come back in a year and be like, wow, this is super cool, everything's fixed, but it's a little easier to do that with a single-player experience than it is a multiplayer experience. You know, Going back to play Andromeda is like, oh, well, the game's all here. I'm going to play it and be done. Going back to play Anthem when everybody's leveled up and at different points in the game and had different experiences. Uh, super unfortunate. And at what point do we, you know, I want to fault EA, like you said, quarter end, pushing. But at what point do we start faulting the developer for like, well, either A, don't put a giant task in front of you. that Like, you got to know working for EA, they're going to have a kind of a set, hey, we'd like to have it out by this quarter type thing. And what, at what point do you maybe you got to share the blame there for you. You're not getting your games out in proper condition at the proper time. I don't know. It sucks because I love Bioware, but I just, it's EA, but it's also like, like Bioware didn't have these problems before EA, but you think there's got to be some sort of rebalancing, some sort of like recalculating that they need to do as a developer to avoid 
you know, ruining their name with this kind of shit. Yeah. What I'm most curious to see down the pipeline and curious as a bystander, because I've already said it and I think you are doing this too. I'm not picking up Anthem. I'm just, it's not my kind of game, even though, of course, I'm contradicting myself saying I'm going to play the Division 2. It's just to see what the reception is, not just at official launch, again, skewed because of early access, but how it's received the following months succeeding that. And then complementing that with how they react to that during EA Play. Because as a live service game, there's going to be announcements for Anthem mm-hmm. because there's post-launch content planned. Yeah. And it's all supposed to be, for the most part, free. There's no sense of like a season pass or having to pay for extra missions and stuff. They may do something like what Destiny does with... I'm trying to think. It's like a weapon pass or like the, the armory pet. The season... The thing where you get extra stuff every time compared yeah. to everybody else. And that's the big thing that I am sort of looking to see how they react to that. Because we've seen them before take humility with Battlefront 2 and saying, hey, we screwed up. If we get to that same situation again, do they do that? Do they just sort of like just show face and talk about the content that's going on with Anthem in the future? I really don't know. But I think when we get through, what, our seven different podcasts that we do for E3, even though I still think... You know, history will repeat itself probably, and EA Play will probably be the worst conference at E3. But my biggest X factor there is going to be what happens with Anthem when we see the higher-ups at EA start talking about it again. I mean, I have a feeling that, again, we're too in the weeds with this. Because Destiny is one of those games that from every major outlet, Destiny 2 got shit on weeks and weeks yet meanwhile is like the most played game ever still made money like i'm not playing anthem now i still think the game's gonna be huge i still think ea could come out not have to talk about the game at all people are gonna play it have a great time with it and then meanwhile it's just still gonna be in the background like oh it's getting better it's getting better but it's gonna have like a massive player base that is gonna continue to drive the game i think far enough to the point where EA can say, like, we don't really have to acknowledge the fact that this stuff is happening. Yeah, well, just remember that Destiny 2 was doing well quarter after quarter, and Activision was still saying it's not doing well enough. That's my biggest worry there, is that when you get to the actual numbers of Anthem and seeing how much or how little it makes, what EA says in respect to their projections, like... the biggest, My biggest worry here really is Bioware, Mm. because if it doesn't perform at least two expectations, if not even higher than that. I'm, I mean, I am worried to see what happens in the future with that just because of what we've seen with EA shutting down Visceral with canceling two Star Wars games yeah, and just everything that we've seen the last few years. I think the Destiny thing was kind of bullshit on Activision's part, though, because they wanted that to be like the best-selling game in the history of the world. I'd assume EA with like a new IP is coming into this being like, it just needs to sell. And I think like, don't you're like, I'm not, I will, there's like a high percentage. I will pick up the Anthem at some point. Like if, if the, as soon as the article comes out in six months, that's like with the new expansion, the game's great. Like I'll go and buy it because it seems worth playing. Uh, but like I said, it's weird because even, like I said, Destiny, people kept playing it, even though every, like, IGN was constantly writing articles about the game being terrible and yada yada. Uh, it just seems like we're all shitting on Anthem, but meanwhile, like, you have Andy Cortez on Kind of Funny, who's still talking about, like, how the, he hated all the issues, but he can't wait to pick it up and play it. Like, 
it's weird. Like it, the game has so many people captivated that like this stuff, even though it's pushing you and me away because it's not our style of game, people who are craving Anthem, they don't give a shit. They're just p- gonna go play. <laughs> that is it's, true. It's so weird. I've never seen anything like it. It's almost kind of like how like the thing with Battlefront is like that game was expected to sell really well and didn't. I think Anthem's expected to sell well and it's gonna sell well. And I think um, I think EA's hope is that it sells just enough copies where they never have to acknowledge yeah. it. I should say that's where my worry was. Where I don't think it's going to sell poorly. I just think that what are the numbers that EA's pushing for? Yeah. And does it meet those? Just because I've seen, well, because we've seen with other big publishers that you can exceed expectations but still be considered unperforming. Yeah, I think I understand Activision to EA. It's a little different, but it's just although it's sequels. Because, you know, like when this is Destiny true. 1 sells X, Destiny 2 needs to sell X plus that is, Y. That is true. So, no, and you never know, though, because when you come in with a developer who's made Mass Effect and Dragon Age, like, you're going to set it high, but also you, you're not, it's not at that point yet where all us hardcores have been able to, like, go tell our casual friends, like, you need to play Anthem. Like, Anthem 2 will be the game that everyone's like, oh, Anthem 1 was so good. You got to go. Like, if you're Ubisoft, you're Division 2, you're really expecting big things out of I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not, like, the guru sitting behind the, the desk. I mean, we'll see. I'm bummed. But, uh, yeah, the, that patch, the, that being the main news story, is a ridiculous amount of shit. And the fact that it's day one but not for the people who paid the money to get it early is also a yeah. lot of crap. Uh, but man, negative episode. Uh, I would say for for the most part here. But hey, not not totally. We're happy. We're happy for Reggie. Of course, no. Reggie, <laughs> we are happy for Reggie as usual is the shining bright spot of anything he touches. Exactly. So shout out to him for that. Uh, but you he know, stroked the switch and it turned into the greatest thing Nintendo's ever done. And now he just gets to sit home and play Tetris ninety nine all day. He's probably gonna whoop everyone's ass. I mean, you would hope. I hope he better. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's it. I mean, short news week. Like I said, CJ got all the good stuff last week. Uh, relatively <laughs> slow week this week, uh, but going forward, we'll see how it is. Hopefully, open for some good releases. I hope Trials meets all your hopes and dreams. We'll find out next week. If it's here's the thing, that's the situation in contrast to Far Cry. That if it's more Trials, you got me. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but before let's wrap it up. As there's, ugh, Jesus Christ, let's wrap it up. Uh, episode seventy-eight. Damn it. Let's wrap it up. Episode 79 in the bag. But before we go, as usual, recommendations for the faithful listeners. What do you got? So I jumped into a few deals on Amazon. Well, I say a few, just one. And I enjoy anime sometimes, but I can't sit here and say, like, I love anime in every aspect, right? Um, But I picked up the Cowboy Bebop full of series, and I'm expecting that sometime next week. And so I think I got it for, like, like, 10, 11 bucks. I know it was one of those crazy Amazon sales where I sit there and I say, you know what, you just gotta hit click, you just gotta hit buy, you just have to do that. And so I'm I'm intrigued to see. I've heard a lot of great things about that anime series, and I'm excited to actually just actually dive into it. That is considered like an all time classic. I think it's only like 25 episodes. It's done and over with. And I know there's some Netflix stuff going on with either some sort of reboot or live action thing going forward. So Netflix has been doing a lot of live action anime adaptations death note not that good 
I didn't watch Bleach, but I heard that wasn't very good as well. Well, and like the key there though is you're going to see more people jumping into the original source going forward. But yeah, yeah, so that's cool. I mean, that's one that's always been on my list of like should watch. Uh, fortunately, I haven't got around to that. But yeah, that's always been my biggest worry is that when you get the Naruto's of the world, mm-hmm. where it's like it's 900 episodes, I'm like, dude, I don't have time for fucking any of that. <laughs> I could barely watch like one episode of a show, let alone that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my end, I it's winter, and I love snowboarding, and that's a big part of where I spend my time during this time of year. But, you know, whenever you get into anything, you try to consume any sort of media you can that you, to keep, you know, yourself active in it. So there are snowboarding movies out um, by a guy named Travis Rice. He's, like, one of the best, like, downhill snowboarders in the world. He has a great movie uh, series that he does, but the notable ones are called The Art of Flight and The Fourth Phase. And imagine if you took, like, a National Geographic, like, Planet Earth-style filming, but you did it for a snowboarding movie. There are these really rad shots from helicopters, all done in HD, stuff that'll make your jaw drop, really cool backing soundtracks. Travis Rice is a good dude. He gets all, like, spiritual about, like, the snow and the water and... uh they're really cool to watch. I mean, even if you're not a snowboarder, like it might be worth even just spending like a half hour with it and checking those out. Uh, I just got back from a trip and everyone on the trip, like watched them and they get you super hyped up. You get really into them again, super great soundtrack. You can like find the soundtrack, the playlist on Spotify. Uh, I would give those a watch as uh, we actually fade out of winter and into spring just to give you that little uh, kick back to the snow. So that's all I got for you. Uh, we'll close it out here again episode 79 hope to be back on a more consistent normal schedule thanks for bearing with us i've been one of your hosts john conti joined as always by cj schumer and we'll talk to you guys next week all right take care everyone